You're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. The session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn about this new translation and the many ways you can enjoy the CSB. Explore online when you visit csbible.com. Join us now in the studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and boy, this uh, this hour is is looking good to me, Michael. I don't know about. Oh, I'm I'm so excited to get to talk to George Guthrie again, yeah. and and uh, I don't know anyone who unpacks a scripture and 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 integrates uh, Old and New Testament the way George does. Yeah, he was with us a couple of months ago, and yeah. uh, that he came through then, and he's going to come through today. I'm sure yeah. we're going to take he, him into Matthew chapter two today. Yeah, thinking about. Well, I was going to say he reminds me so much of William Lane because he's the he's the professor, but he's also the pastor, uh-huh. and that's a that's a unique uh, combination. Yeah, not everybody yeah. has the 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 two of them together, do they? No. And, and Bill Lane was your mentor, of course, someone that you really yes. looked up to. All right. Yeah. Well, um, let me just mention that your book is out, The Nazarene, uh, 40 mm-hmm. Devotions on the Lyrical Life of Jesus. We're excited about that, and I know how hard you worked on it. Are you already working on something else? Do they overlap? How, how does that work in your life? Yeah, I, I was working on a book before I started The Nazarene, and it's it's the, you know, I wouldn't say I'm capable of a magnum opus, but it's going to be, for me, the biggest, most oh. most important thing I've ever done. Wow. That yeah. says a lot. Okay, well, yeah. we will look forward to that in the uh, months to come, weeks to come, yes. years I, to come. Mo- no, no, mo- it's a, or ye- I mean, maybe a year or two out. Okay. It's the the book is on uh, the details of the all the details of the life of Jesus and what oh, do they good, mean. Good, good. good. So I've, I've read forty seven books on the life of Jesus in the last two years, so wow, I'm wow. integrating all that. Okay, so. Dr. George Guthrie here in a few moments as we uh, dive into Matthew chapter 2. We're going to hear some of your music on the program today. Ayanda Kamalo is going to join us in the second yes. half of the program. He's a great young guy. He? He's a he's a good brother, yeah, and uh, so important. To, uh, uh, I think he's going to play the guitar for us. I mean, he's a wonderful musician. Music and worship at the heart of Christmas, gaining a new perspective on the global church and the birth of Christ. So very interesting. All right, well, let's get started. Michael Card begins with a song today, Jacob's Star, which perfectly leads into Matthew chapter 2 for us. So let's get going. A fire, a light, a shining star, a sign to those who journeyed far A token from the King of Heaven A spark as to the light of the world A beacon burning in the night A star to echo Endless light A darkened world A light from a stable And high above the heavens ablaze A star will rise 
from Jacob's house, a scepter out of Israel. And though thou art the least in Judah, or thee, O Bethlehem, his light will shine. A light of hope for everyone, a light outshining every sun, a light the world has not comprehended, a light that is this come to the the Christmas season um, there there there's the Lucan uh, narrative and there's the Matthew's narrative and there is a lot of uh, untangling to do and uh, one of my basic theories is you should always find someone who will do your homework for you <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we have here one of my best friends one of the people I really do admire yeah. I admire his heart I admire him as a just as a friend but as yeah. a as a lover of scripture uh, I, I just don't know anyone like George Guthrie. So, well, George, and children, children listening should not follow your example. Let me just put that disclaimer on that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, George, as, as someone who's done my homework for me for decades, welcome to the program. Well, and Mike, as a, a, a professor, you know, the people who come to class who've already really done their homework are, are a de- make it a delight. So, you're, you're a person who you've lived in this stuff. You're, you're kind of you know, setting this up, but the reality is you know more about this, some of this stuff than I do. So uh, you're doing great, but it's great to be back. I love, I always love getting to just uh, be with you guys. Well, one of the, one of the areas of the life of Jesus that I think really needs to be untangled the most is the nativity. And we want you to help us with Matthew's uh, account. And I would start by saying, I'm just going to throw you this idea. I don't think Matthew's even the nativity. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I I was telling you guys before we kind of went on air here that um, I was teaching New Testament years ago and had a lady in my class, and I, I kind of went through Luke and Matthew's versions and, and did that kind of untangling you were talking about. And so we've got to sort this out because Luke is dealing with the birth of Jesus, Matthew is really picking up at a time. I mean, he, he does deal with, you know, all the things uh, coming into the birth of Jesus, but the focus with the with the uh, wise men and um, that part of the story is really when Jesus is a toddler. I mean, yeah. he's probably a couple of years old at that point. And this lady came up after class when I had done all this and was so angry because I messed up all of her nativity scenes. I mean, she really was. She was livid. Um, But I do think we have to sort it out because the stories are emphasizing different things. Yes. And that's why we want to be particular with what Scripture is is trying to speak to us. And we need to separate them out to understand them fully, right? I think that's right. Yeah. That's right. It's not—they're not contradictory. They're complementary. Yeah. 
uh, you have different gaps being filled in uh, by the different stories and different emphases. But the wise men are not standing next to the manger with the shepherds. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> in Bethlehem. Yeah, I, no, that's that's right. That's card, um, C-A-R-D. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, they're not there at the manger with all the animals gathered around. And yeah. Thing. It's a different yeah. story. So yeah. if you look at that story that's in um, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12 of Matthew, there are basically three things that, that Matthew is communicating to us. Why don't you read the passage for us, then we'll talk about those things. Okay. And this is uh, the CSB okay. uh, translation. So I'll read verses. You want me to read the whole thing, Wayne? Sure. Okay. Um, this is beginning with verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at the rising and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them, where the Christ would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I, too, can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshiped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. So what is Matthew trying to tell us here? Yeah, I think there are three things going on in this story. The first is it's giving us a geographical orientation to the story of Jesus, uh, along with scriptural witness to that. So the story starts in Bethlehem. What's going to happen is it's going to get shifted to Egypt with uh, Jesus and the family, you know, escaping the wrath of Herod and going down to Egypt. And then it's going to come back. And instead of coming back to Bethlehem, they're going to uh, go up to Nazareth. And so if you notice, each one of these parts of the story are kind of moving the family around. So it's geographical. Second thing is um, we're shown that the coming of the son of David, you know, last time when we talked about the genealogy, we talked about a, a focal motif there was Jesus as the royal king. He's the Messiah who's coming to be the king of the world. And here what we see is that coming is accompanied by op opposition hmm. from the earthly powers. Think about Psalm 2. Um, 
the, the Messiah coming and the powers shaking their fist at God and his anointed and God laughing at them. <laughs> uh, so you have this all in the context of the earthly powers are messed up. In fact, the word that's used here, that Herod was deeply disturbed and all Jerusalem with him, that, that Greek word is terasso, which means basically just to be really, we would call it messed up. I mean, he was, he was mm. emotionally distraught at what was going on. Um, so that's and he's the, he's a sick man at this point, right? He's dying of syphilis, and yeah, he's he is and he's he's in bad shape, and he's he's phenomenally paranoid. Mm. The year before all of this is going on, Herod kills two of his sons, mm. and probably the year after Jesus is born, he kills another he kills another son. So mm. all in this kind of general time frame, he's he's you know just ticking people off in terms of uh, his paranoia because he uh, he's afraid that they're going to try to overthrow him, you know, as king. So, so what we read here as we move into the Massacre of the Innocents in a moment is perfectly in line with what we know historically of Herod yeah. the Great. He was really paranoid at this point and violent. Uh, but the third thing, which I think is the coolest part of the, of the story about the wise men, is the the backdrop of this, I think, is the renewal promised by Isaiah and the blessing of all the nations. If you remember back to when we talked about the genealogy, we said that the blessing of the nations that you have in the Abrahamic covenant is a big backdrop to what's going on right from the beginning in the story of Jesus. And uh, what we have here is pointing back to Isaiah 59 and 60. And let me just read a couple of bits of that because uh, it's really interesting, and you kind of have to look at the the language here. But for instance, I'll just give you a couple of for instances here. In Isaiah 59, 19, uh, it's starting to talk about the nations that are going to come to the Lord eventually, but it says, they will fear the name of the Lord in the West and his glory in the East. So think about the wise mm. men coming from the east, and it talks about the Redeemer who will come to Zion. And then in, in chapter 60, it says, Arise, shine, for your light will come, and the glory of the Lord shines over you. For look, darkness will cover the earth, and total darkness the peoples, but the Lord will shine over you, and his glory will appear over you. The nations will come to your light and kings to your shining brightness. And it wow. goes down and talks about the nations coming into Jerusalem. And then listen this, listen to this. In verse six, it says, caravans of camels will cover your land, your camels of Midian and Ephah. All of them will come from Sheba. They will carry gold and frankincense <laughs> and proclaim the praises hmm. of the Lord. Wow. I have never heard that verse explaining this. I think what's going on here is you start getting these little echoes from Isaiah, and it kind of makes you want to break into singing the Messiah. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, yeah. it does. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's this story is evoking that a part of what Jesus is setting in motion in the world is going to result in the nations coming back to the Lord and it will be a part of God renewing the whole heavens and the earth. You mentioned the uh, massacre of the innocents when Herod flew into a rage. He realized that he had been 
outwitted um, by these men, and he ordered the massacre of the male children. Michael, you have a song called Spirit of the Age. Uh, mm-hmm. This is directly related to the song you wrote, right? Yeah, and I, th- I think a long time ago, we were working with Americans against abortion, and you just see this spirit that says, you know, the, sla- the slaughter of an innocent is sort of a okay. And I thought all the way back to, well, that's 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 not, there's nothing new under the sun. And Herod, uh, yeah. um, that, that was certainly um, something that, that Herod did. But he, he, he killed, I, I can't find it in my notes, but I remember reading someplace that Herod killed at one point uh, 45 of the, of the prominent Jewish people in Jerusalem. Uh, he herds them all together. He actually, he has a whole series of atrocities that he does in the last decade of his life. And uh, so you've got, uh, you've got, you know, those kind of things happening all over the place. Yeah. And you will hear uh, more liberal scholars say, oh, the slaughter of the innocents, oh, that's, it's not in any of the history books. Well, it's not in, in any of the history books because that was just a typical thing for Herod. It didn't make it into Josephus or the other historians because, I don't know, I, I mean, how many, how many infants do you think w- w- might have been involved, 10 or 15? I mean, how many infants are there in Bethlehem? Probably not even that, mu- that many. Hmm. Yeah. But the fact is they were not important people in yes. the culture. Still horrible. And, uh, so they're not going to get into a history book. You recorded history at that time about people who mattered. Oh, wow. Uh, peasants in a village would not have been yeah. seen as significant. Yeah. This was wow. just a, a normal run-of-the-mill, day-to-day kind of thing. Wow. Let, let's go back to the Magi again and, and the lessons we learned from them. I mean, this is fascinating to me, George. Yeah. So when we, when we talk about uh, what's going on in this span of text, you'll notice that scripture keeps popping up, right? So back uh, in the story with the wise men, you have Micah 5. And uh, I, I would encourage people to go back and read that, that chapter. Uh, but that's not the only place where you have scripture, and, but it's brought in in a couple of different ways. So when you move to the flight into Egypt um, in verses 13 through 15, uh, what's going on there? People kind of get bent out of shape with Hosea 11.1 1, and saying, well, this is just proof texting and pulling things out of context. But this is a shadow story. Uh, the point is that the Messiah, his life is paralleling the life of Israel. Mm. And so it's a shadow story. And it's showing that whereas Israel came out of Egypt and blew it in the wilderness, the sun would, in a parallel fashion, go down, come out of Egypt, and yet he's going to be the obedient son who actually brings Israel to where it's supposed to be. Out of Egypt, I've called my son. That's it. That's Hosea yeah. 11. 1. And yeah. so it's not that Matthew didn't know what Hosea 11. 1 was about. He wants mm-hmm. to pull out the, the pattern and the parallel. The harder one is when you do move to the massacre of the innocents. Uh, and we read that story and we think, oh, why put such a terrible downer kind of story, you know, uh, in at this point? But it's it's a super significant story um, because of the context of the passage here that is being pointed to. And and Mike, it's the it's Jeremiah thirty one. It's oh. the whole new covenant passage. If you go uh-huh. back and you look at the passage that Matthew kind of uses as the, the reinforcing of this story of the slaughter of the innocents, you have this uh, killing of the children, and then Matthew says, this, this is what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet, 
And then he quotes uh, from this passage in Jeremiah 31. And let me just read a little bit of the broader context of that passage because it's it's awesome. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's all about renewal and joy, actually. So listen, wow. listen to what it says. I'm going to start at verse 13. I, I wish we had time to go back further, but let me just start at verse 13. It's all about God bringing people back to Jerusalem and the joy that would surround it. It says, then young women will dance and be glad, young men and old as well. I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. I will satisfy the priest with abundance and my people will be filled with my bounty, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. A voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. And that's that's speaking about the exile and all the suffering that went around hmm. the Babylonian exile. But notice what follows in verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For your work will be rewarded, declares the Lord. They will return from the land of the enemy. So there is hope for your descendants. The whole passage is about hope and joy. It's not a passage that's focused on the tragedy. And I think what's going on in Matthew's context, he's saying, look, yes, folks, this is what hap- this is what happens when you have crazy, paranoid powerful people in charge of the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have evil, you have suffering, but that's not the bigger story. The bigger Mm -hmm. story is one of hope that with Jesus coming, God is putting things in motion in the world that are going to result in the weeping actually not taking place anymore. Mm -hmm. This has been rich. It always is when Dr. George Guthrie is with us here in the studio uh, via Zoom, I might add, but uh, in the studio, in a real very sense of the word. Um, Michael, your song, The Kingdom, would be the appropriate way to end this conversation, mm. don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I, of course, I didn't, I didn't understand all the background until George just uh, explained it to us. But, yeah, the kingdom of beauty, the kingdom of love, kingdom of justice and peace and joy and and that's the that's the promise, and it, and and the the Hebrew Bible is saturated with that promise, isn't it, George? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We we have a faith that is full of hope. Yeah, mm. Doctor George Guthrie, thank you, brother. Um, we love you. We always appreciate you being with us, George. Thank yes. you. Thanks. Love you guys. I'm sincere when I say that. I it's it's just a joy every time I'm with you. Michael Card's song now recorded in the studio, and when this was recorded back in the day uh, in the studio, Sam Levine was here to play the flute and accompany yeah. you on the song. So let's listen. Oh, 
come to the halfway point of this session. We're always glad to read your reactions to this program. You can send your comments along with song requests or questions to us when you write to in the studio at michaelcard.com. Again, in the studio at michaelcard.com. And could you help get the word out about this program by posting a review? Your opinion is a great way to get the word out about this gathering of like minds by sharing the link for this podcast. These conversations are just a start and we want to invite you to go deeper. Check out more of Michael's insights through his books, music, and Bible conferences. And we're glad to announce that Michael's latest book, The Nazarene, 40 Devotions on the Lyrical Life of Jesus, is available to order on our website. Look for the details about this companion resource at michaelcard.com. Again, michaelcard.com. 
And coming up, more music and conversation in just a moment here in the studio with Michael Card. Michael, this month we're featuring the day-by-day chronological Bible. I'm so glad that we get to feature this important Bible edition for my good friend, Dr. George Guthrie. George has been with us many times, and we've appreciated his ability to make the Bible understandable. That's why we want to point you to the day-by-day chronological Bible. This study tool combines a daily reading plan with a unique way of tracing the flow of God's action through history. Visit csbible.com and search for Day-by-Day Chronological Bible to learn more about this helpful way to get into God's Word as we prepare to start off the new year. Be sure to use the special 40% discount on your CSB purchase through LifeWay. Type CARD40 as one word in the promotion code for your 40% discount with LifeWay. The Christian Standard Bible, scholarly, accurate, readable, current, and a wonderful gift for this time of year. Search for the day-by-day chronological Bible now at csbible.com. Michael, it's been so good to be together already, and mm-hmm. we're only halfway through this program here as we head into Christmas time. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you to sing a song for us, and then we're going to introduce our friend TK here, who's okay. going to sing and play for us and talk about Christmas. But you have a song that I want you to sing. I didn't go to Latin school, so I can't pronounce it. You'll have uh-huh. to pronounce it for us. So. <laughs> Vicit agnus. Okay, if yeah. you say so. Well, that's what I'm told. Translated so, means? Uh, vicit is to conquer. We get our word victory from it. Agnus is the word for lamb or sheep. So it's the... So the lamb who conquered. Yeah, if you go to liturgical churches, sometimes you'll see this odd thing in the stained glass window, and it's a sh- it's a sheep or a lamb with a banner over its shoulder. Yeah, I have seen that's that. That's the vicit agnus. It's okay. the conquering lamb. Interesting. Yeah, and the the, the old Latin mod, motto is vicit agnus noster eum sequimere. Our lamb has conquered, so him let us follow. We're going to follow it. the Love conquering it. lamb. And you've captured this in song. I tried to. Which we're going to ask you to sing. Actually, right. this was recorded in the studio previously, yes. but it is a studio recording yeah. of the song Michael comes with now. Obscurity, the light of God has. 
On this Christmas theme, we're welcoming our friend TK, Ayando Kamalo, in the studio here with us. Yeah. Ayando's been with us before. Yes. And he yes, comes yes. back. It's always encouraging when someone comes back. <laughs> right? that, that he would come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks, Ayando. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Wayne. It's good yeah. to be back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love our conversations with you because you, you really are a worshiper of the Lord, you know? I try. <laughs> and uh, you have much to teach us about worship. So that's where yeah. we want to go with worship and Christmas here. And you're that next generation. When I see him, I think, okay, yeah. it's going to be okay. Because yeah. <laughs> these, are, these are the guys that we've got following up. It's in good hands. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not kidding. You're laughing, but I'm not kidding. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm uh, hopeful. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Let's just refresh everyone yeah. with your uh, background. Uh, mm-hmm. Born in Africa, what country again? Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe, right. Zimbabwe. And uh, most of my life, 27 years there, but being able to travel Southern Africa and parts of Europe. And then came across um, here to the USA for school, seminary, still there. And just the relationships with the local church. Um, and, I, and I call it the local global church. Mm. Um, because that's what it is now. And the United States, um, Asia, India, the Middle East. Um, crazy. I was in Jerusalem a year ago. Mm. As also spent some time there um, walking the, the, the steps and the journeys that Christ walked and being able to do some music ministry there and then Europe as well. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. So God has already given you some great experiences wow. that you turn right around and and. Turn it into praise and yeah. honor back to him, right? It's it's all about him. And I, and I think it's only through him that some of us are able to do what we do in terms of travel the world, the privilege of traveling and building relationships. It's, it goes beyond the music. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when we keep it about God's people, the music is, is on the backburn. And, and, and we have to hone our skills, whatever the gift is, music, right, right. administration. Whatever you do in word or deed yes. or music. Yes, <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's unto the Lord. Um, for some of us, Mike and I, it's through the gift of music and ri- for Mike also writing and, and teaching. Well, and for you, you write as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so just be able to do that and, and kind of help people respond to the revelation of who God is. Mm-hmm. Through music. Music mm-hmm. is just a medium. It's not fully worship. Yeah. That's another thing I like about uh, Yanda because he keeps the perspective, music in perspective. Yep. It is just the vehicle, right? Yep. It's just the vehicle. It's a glorious vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's 
the, the, the message is always first. So that's another yeah. thing I appreciate about you. As we've said, music has a way of breaking down any barriers we might put in the way and yeah. reaches the heart directly, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, we want to talk about Christmas yes. and, and all ahead. things global, how, how the global, uh, how globally Christmas is celebrated. And, and since you have had these yeah. experiences around the world, I thought you'd be the great guy to come and mm-hmm. teach us. Yeah, Christmas is interesting for me. And, and I, I say it this way because a lot of the perspective of Christmas has, that it's come across is from, has been from a, a European-American perspective. So, you know, I'll have a blue Christmas without you. <laughs> oh, oh that's, uh, very good. that's very good. <laughs> <laughs> but Christmas for us is always sunny. Christmas December is summertime for us, springtime. So it's always sunny. So when, you know, I'll have white Christmas is like, no, <laughs> no, it's a sunny Christmas for me. Um, but then the focus isn't necessarily Santa Claus and, and you decorating your house with the, these lights and all those things. So you were spared from all of that growing up? For a long up. time. Yeah, for a long time. Wow. Yeah. So there's the commercialization stores. And then you came them. to America. So, <laughs> so, so you're not, it's not Christmas in a, in a tree and Santa Claus. No. Christmas is just about a Christian yeah. holiday. Yes. And that's what it's always been the focus. And I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Yeah. So the whole, you know, the whole argument of, how, when do we start playing Christ, uh, Christmas music? We don't have those conversations. Wow. Um, because it's never about when is the right time to play Christmas music. So you don't know who Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer well, is. Well, I, I, I grew up with that because nursery school tales and all those Oh, you those did? Things. Okay, yeah. all right. Santa Claus. But that's not the biggest thing. And some people dress up as Santa Claus in the, sh- in the mall and everything. And as a kid, the, the drive initially was, oh, I'm going to get a present. But the average person's not walking the street uh-huh. looking at, Oh man, it's Santa Claus and and all those perspectives. Uh-huh. Christmas for a lot of people is, oh yes, Christ was born, mm-hmm. and that's the general the narrative that we uh-huh. have. Yeah. Yes, there's a perspective. Western culture came in, and for a lot of people, the commercializing Christmas is starting to kick in in some ways. Yeah. Well, let's talk more about this, but yeah. let's do it after you share a song with us, which really kind of captures exactly what we're talking about, yeah. doesn't it? You wrote this song. Yeah. So it's um. It's, an, it's a heralding of the coming of Christ from the perspective of the three wise men. Um, and the word, it's a, it's a word in my language called asambe, means let's go. So it's like one of the wise men telling all these other guys or, or, or just people saying, hey, let's go see the king. So the song is called asambe. It's a African carol. So it's the that? point when they decide they're going to go. The, yes. Oh, very that's, cool. That's, that's the point. And it's a revelation of a child will be born. You know, he is the light of all humanity. You know, let's go see the king. Wow. Yeah. Will you be singing some of it in your language? Um, that one word only. Only one word. Okay. All right. Yeah. So when we hear that word, we know what that means. It means, it means let Good. us go. Good. All yeah. right. Ayanda Kamalo here in the studio with the title of the song is? Asambe. Asambe. Have you heard 
this baby will be the light of all humanity let us go let us go Asambe let us go meet the king Asambe He's in Bethlehem Asambe He's our hope and our strength Asambe Let's go meet the king Wow I think what I love most about that song is it captures this moment when they decide to go. And I've never thought about that moment. <laughs> you think about them getting there. Right. But, okay, here it is. All right, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. And it's just, just the truth that, you know, there's the, the Christ becoming man, but just the, the, the thought that he, will be, he becomes a child. But that child is our king. Mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 we talk about that, but just that moment when the revelation kicks in and the mind actually registers, our king is about to be born. And Matthew Matthew sees him that way. They're, yeah. they're giving him, the wise men are giving him things that you give to kings, yeah. right? <laughs> the, You're not giving a two-year-old or a six-month, well, yeah. myrrh and frankincense and right. all those things. So just the thought that these wise men are sitting there saying, we need to go. Our king, our eternal king is about to be born. Yeah. Not King Harry or, you yeah. know, the next, <laughs> yeah. But our eternal king has come down in the form of a man, a child. Mm-hmm. He's about to be born. And he's the light for all humanity. Mm-hmm. That, for me, like, when I sat back, I was like, you know, sometimes, like, you write a song and you're like, okay. It rhymes. Yeah, good. <laughs> but when it hits you, when, when it ministers back to you before uh-huh. you even, sh- like, share with everyone else, it's like, Man, that's thank you, Lord. That, yeah. yeah, it's profound. Yeah. And sometimes I was like, if this song is just for me, Lord, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, because huh. it speaks to me about just that moment, even when, when someone accepts Christ and the light bulb turns on. Mm. You know, I see it that way. They were like, a, a, a divine moment is is happening, yeah. and I see it that way. Mm. Well, the song is still ringing in my head because every year it seems like the Lord brings a certain song to my heart to be that year's theme. for. And I think I just heard this yeah. year's theme, Michael. I, yeah. I really do. And you've got the African you know, language thing yeah. happening, which yeah, is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So this yeah. is a song you could play in your home country. Yes. And it would, it would play just as well as it plays here. Yeah. And, and that's the idea is to write even just Christmas carols. That translate across the world. Love it. We're writing, for, as I said, write for the local global church. I like that. Because the context I'm in, most places across the world speak English. Great. But am I, am I writing songs that transcend my context? Am I writing songs that... Ooh, I got to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is, is heaven saying, this is for our king? Mm-hmm. Not just... Oh, me and the radio stations playing it like, wow, that's great. You know, everyone will listen to it. No. Are we writing songs that heaven can sing? Mm-hmm. Right now in the moment that it's not about anyone but Christ. And heaven's like, man, yeah, 
we know the Father gave the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit gave you that song. Mm-hmm. We can still sing that here in heaven with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we need to be writing for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Christmas well, as well. <laughs> well, because it because it really is a global Christ, Christmas. Yeah, Jesus Jesus grasp of the earth is a global thing, right? Every uh, every tribe language, you know. Sure. And uh, and you know that from traveling, you'll. <laughs> In China, in the middle of nowhere, uh, out of maybe 20 miles outside of Beijing, China, I've got her picture. There's a little old lady who's basically, little old Chinese lady. It's a classic photo. <laughs> yeah, she has basically adopted me. Yeah. And I can come live with her at any time. And I don't speak a word of her language. She doesn't speak a word of mine. But we totally get each other. There's this thing that happens. And until you travel to a totally different culture, yeah. you just don't get that. That we have this brotherhood that's rooted in what the Spirit has done in us. Yes. That transcends Santa Claus and yeah. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and whatever. Yeah, but it also transcends politics and global issues well, and all that sure. stuff. Everything. And I think I think when—and when, when and I know that's the conversation we're starting to have is like we need to strip away all these things. But I think a lot of people never go through the whole commercialization of Christmas. That being pulled away. The essence of take away the promotions. Take Strip away, it away. T- just take it all away and just be able to sit in the moment for 60 days. Yeah. Hear me out. Yeah. Where people just say, what is Christmas about? Okay, let's go to the Gospels. Let's, let's work through the Gospels. Right. The initial Christ, the heralding of Christ, the coming of Christ, yeah. the birth of Christ. And not, not necessarily dramatize it like, Everyone does in every church during Christmas. No. Pause. Let's just sit underneath the word, what it means when Christ comes in in the image of man. Just just that. Strip it away from culture. Strip it away from season. Yes. Because it's not Christmas. He probably wasn't born December 25th. right? (laughs) And it didn't snow? Probably born in the spring. (laughs) But I'm saying, you know, my conceptualizing of Christmas, of the birth of Christ, it's, it's too much woven into my culture mm-hmm. and my, my and and what you know the the wise men give gifts oh well we give we give gifts so it's kind of the same thing right I know all about that no <laughs> right yeah no it's not the same thing right and I think funny when you mentioned about the wise men the wise men weren't giving gifts to each other mm. uh. and I think we've we've we we sadly have taken on to say it's I'm buying gifts for you and if I don't like the gift this is one thing that really saddened me is part of the experience traveling, especially here, is like, if I don't like the gift you give me, I'll just turn it in <laughs> for cash. And I was like, but wow. why? why you've would you've you just upset the entire American economy. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cold. But but then the thought is, it's not about me giving a gift to you. It's For me, it's the, re, it's the rethought of I'm sacrificing everything back to Christ. Yeah, That's my Christmas gift. And then I think... When we start to change that perspective, spiritually and mentally for the local church to say, my life is a sacrifice 365 days a year, includes Christmas. Not necessarily wrapping up a gift for my family, yeah. but it's, Lord, your blood is the, is the covering, is the wrapping of my life giving, being given back to you. And I've never seen this until until you said what you just said. So what, when I give you a gift, what does it mean? It means I like you, that we're yeah. friends, and I'm going to try to find what you like, yeah, you yeah. know, even if it ends up being sent back. <laughs> but the, the gifts that the wise men bring to Jesus, what do they mean? They mean he's a king. This is a king gift, and whether you like it or not, this is what I give to kings. kings. Yes. Right? Gold, frankincense, myrrh. This, is, this means you're a king. 
So, so who you are defines the gift mm. I give. There was symbolism to the mm. gift. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's the importance, I think, uh, for us as we look at Christmas across the world is our gift to Christ is a life that has been redeemed by him. Mm-hmm. TK, I, I think Michael's going to join me in saying, we're not letting you go. You're going to come back again and join us here sometime soon. Man, I, I, I love spending time with you guys. Yeah, this is, same here. Yeah, This yeah. is really good. Yeah, well, let's get, let's get done here and then go get something to eat. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Okay. But before we do that, you were talking about how to approach Christmas in stillness and simplicity. Yes. And that is the song I'm going to ask Michael to sing here, uh, recording from the studio time. We were together in, at Mole End. It's called In Stillness and Simplicity. So, Mike? In stillness and simplicity In the silence of the heart I see The mystery of eternity In stillness and simplicity In stillness and simplicity I hear the Spirit's silent plea That you, O Lord, are close to me In stillness and simplicity You're the Michael, and our thanks to Ayanda Kamalo and, of course, to Dr. George Guthrie, who was with us in the first half of the program today. You know what? It, it's exciting to watch you when someone like George opens the scriptures, and I sense that you're learning something new. Oh. I mean, it's fun oh. to watch your reaction to that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm going to go back and look at all of those passages that he uh, he, he he spoke of, the, especially the ones from the Hebrew Bible. Uh uh, maybe I've heard of those before, but never all tied together. Yeah, he puts it together, doesn't he? Oh, he really does. And and that's going to make uh, celebrating the birth of Jesus this year so much more meaningful. I mean, I, I've understood in general that, you know, it's the, the, the wise men represent the nations coming to him and bowing down before him, but I'd never seen it so... Yeah, and, and beautifully. And take us back into the Old Testament to read the actual passages that's connected uh, to it. Yeah, so 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 God didn't see the wise men coming and say, "Wow, that's pretty cool." I didn't see that happening, <laughs> right? <laughs> and 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 put you know putting it all together with the you know the the born and born in uh, poverty and simplicity and these simple shepherds. And uh, the last time we were in Israel, they showed us uh, the the kind of place where Jesus would have been born. 
in the manger may very well have been just a depression in the ground, hmm. not that wooden, uh, beautiful wooden manger mm-hmm. that we all have in our manger scenes. He might have just, you know, a, a straw-lined hole in the ground, basically in the in a in the basement of a of a underneath underneath the home is probably what it was more more likely. But then, yeah. but you know, there's that place, and then there are these people who come and. Give him the things that you give to kings, gold and frankincense and myrrh. That's those are presents for kings, yeah. and uh, what a wonderful, complex, and uh, I just I, I just love the the depth of it. That's the Bible, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it. Just as soon as you think, oh, I understand this. This is simple. It's it's not, and you don't understand. <laughs> you spend it. a lifetime, won't you? Yeah, it'll never squeeze it dry. And more, and we have heaven to come to understand better. So, amen. Well, thank you, Michael, for your time. Thank you for what you bring to this podcast. I know I speak for a lot of listeners who just want to express appreciation to you for your ministry. Well, thank you. And uh, none of this would happen uh, if it wasn't for you and and especially Joe Carlson, who puts these shows together and and does all the the behind-the-scenes work, uh, schedules things and and uh, outlines the programs, and uh, he makes you and I look like we know what we're talking about. Once again, we're always looking for someone who will do our homework for us. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. If this time together has been valuable for you, please take a moment and post your review. Pass along the link for this podcast to a friend or have them search for Michael Card on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And if you need more details about our guests and the resources we've talked about today, find us at michaelcard.com. We're excited about the partnership with our sponsors at the Christian Standard Bible when you visit csbible.com. Find an edition of this new translation that fits your needs. This month, we're highlighting the day-by-day chronological Bible put together by our good friend, Dr. George Guthrie. This daily reading edition would be a great tool for yourself or a gift for someone who wants to start a reading plan in the new year. When you visit csbible.com, search for a day-by-day chronological Bible. When you order your copy, use the promotion code CARD40, typed with no spaces, to receive your 40% discount on CSB purchases through LifeWay. Search for Day-by-Day Chronological Bible, available now at csbible.com. We hope you'll join us as we present another podcast dedicated to helping you celebrate the birth of our Savior. For all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and of course our producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for being with us for this edition of In the Studio with Michael Card.